0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: And that is your first Colts win of 2023. Good Monday morning to you. I am Kevin Bowen, Eddie Garrison, back from a nice vacation in Denver. Yeah. One of my favorite cities in the united states eddie great to have you back and uh we have done this for what for approaching two years a little bit over a year right
2: yeah but about a year and a half now yeah Sounds i'm about not right.
1: sure if we've recapped a multi-score colts win but that's what we're doing on today's pod so um certainly the anthony richardson storyline is one we'll hit on in just a second but i do just kind of want to start there eddie like you know wins have not been easy to come by for this franchise wins in the afc south have sadly embarrassingly not been easy to come by either and you get a multi score one and i really i don't think 11 points is a true indicator of how much the colts dominated that game i think it was more of a 17 20 point win you know i think a lot of the reasons why i was so confident in a colts victory you you, you saw those play out especially early on um, that was a pretty thorough Thorough performance and they did on the road And they did in the AFC South so yes the Texans Stink but the culture still Celebrate that one because that was a really really nice one.
2: Agree with you but uh, I have to do something first uh, Alec sent me something In our fantasy chat <clears throat> And he said that he would I think he said he would train me as best player if I did this Oh wow. So <clears throat> this is for you Alec Happy birthday to you Happy birthday to you <laughs> Happy birthday to Kevin Happy birthday to you
1: Eddie Garrison. That was beautiful. That was upbeat. Thank you. Very
2: nice. Yeah, I wanted to get it done. I wanted to get it over with. I don't want people to, you know, listen to how bad of a singer I really am.
1: Outstanding. My singing is absolutely horrific. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah, number 34 just doesn't hit like the other ones do. Um, Doing
2: anything special?
1: Uh, Last week, Maddie and I went out. We went actually to the back nine uh, where we did our fan golf outing a few weeks ago. So yeah, Maddie and I. You know, hit some balls, had a couple beers, and went out to dinner after that. And then uh, tonight... Where was dinner? uh, We had a gift card to Harry and Izzy's.
2: Very nice. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then tonight, Maddie said she's going to uh, make some fettuccine Alfredo. Sounds like your favorite. I love it. I love that so.
2: Very similar people over here, but uh <laughs> thank yeah,
1: you for that.
2: Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, I was excited to be able to, you know, watch the game because I was I came back from Colorado yesterday morning. Uh, so I had the I had the game off per se, so I was able to watch it. Uh, very encouraged with Anthony Richardson uh, for those first couple drives that he was out there obviously, but overall I thought it was a really solid win and a very 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 good job by the defensive line. Um, so let's start, Let's just jump in right into it in terms of what uh, you liked. I know we'll talk about Anthony Richardson a little bit too, but kind of want to get in what you liked first. Um, defensive line, six sacks, they really made their presence known.
1: Yeah, certainly we'll touch on Anthony Richardson. But yeah, I, I thought the D-line set the tone. And Eddie, I think what you like is nine hits and six sacks. Those six sacks were by six different players. That doesn't include Dio who had... I thought if, if you just want to boil it down to like one play of the game, when that play happened, I literally looked at Rosie who was sitting next to me and I go, "Rosie, this game's over." She's like, "What?" And, you know, she she had no idea what was going on, but like it just felt like at that point you're up fourteen nothing, insurmountable against an offensive line dealing with your your four backup or four backups. So, um, you know, I said it all week long. I expect the Colts to win this game. I expect the Colts to win this game by two scores because of that battle. Your D line against their O line. And what an awful situation for CJ Stroud to be in right now in his second NFL start. He's dealing with four different offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, and I would say this for any team. And it's not like the Texans O line, we label them as a great O line. I think they got a good tackle duo, Win Healthy and, and Tunsil and Titus Howard. But, and I think it's their third string center, by the way, in, in Jarrett Patterson. I mean, any team. Would look god-awful from a pass protection standpoint in that, especially when you're talking about Houston. Uh, And the Colts did a nice job of making sure that an on-paper advantage played out that way. I think too often in recent years, on-paper advantages have not carried out into dominating efforts, Yeah, but it did. You obviously stuffed their run game. I think Damian Pierce is actually a decent running back. But he just has no line right now to run behind it. And you rattled Stroud enough early on to where you, you could see it. When you put pressure, when you got in his face, you know things just off script, he doesn't really do much. Uh, when you give him time, of course, he, he certainly can make some throws. Oh, mean, yeah. There were some secondary issues we can touch on, but uh, D-line did the job right there. And again, a variety of guys doing it. Um, through two weeks, they've taken advantage of a couple of really, really good-looking opportunities that they've had. So, uh, kudos to Gu- kudos to Gus Bradley and, and that defensive front for I just thought setting the tone.
2: And then the next player I want to dive into specifically, I think he was uh, a big part of the win uh, yesterday for the Colts. Zach Moss played all but one snap, Dude. and he was a total beast whenever he got the football.
1: Stop right there! All but one snap. I I don't know if our audience realizes in today's NFL, no running back plays all but one snap. I mean, I. I bet McCaffrey Taylor, doesn't. I bet Taylor's done it a couple of times at the most in his career. Christian McCaffrey doesn't, to your point. Saquon Barkley doesn't. Like guys don't do that. And honestly, it's more of an indictment of the other running backs you have than yeah. anything. The fact that you don't feel comfortable spelling a guy that. I mean, Zach Moss has never been a bell cow in the NFL. Like he's never been a ninety percent snap guy, eighty percent snap guy. And yet he played all but one, like you said. Obviously the numbers, you know, nearly five yards per carry, a touchdown, a few catches as well. Those are really nice numbers, so I don't want to lose sight of the production he gave you. But just the fact that when you change quarterbacks within a game, Zach Moss gives you that. Uh That can't be taken for granted. <laughs> Obviously, I don't think it is based off how Colts fans saw that operation work in week one, or I should say didn't work in week one. So, Great work by Zach Moss, and um, what I like about his style, Eddie, is that first guy often does not get bring him down. It takes multiple hats on the ball, if you will. Um, he certainly has the limitations. There's no way his longest run was more than, what, 10 yards yesterday? 11. So, so yeah, it, it, it's it's a limited big play running attack, but I thought he was solid. And I thought when Houston cut it to... I Got the box score right here. I thought when they cut it to eleven, I guess what Fairbairn ended up uh, missing that, that that field goal. Yeah. Okay. So they cut it to eleven with ten minutes to go in the game, I and mean, that's a big chunk of time. Yeah. You came out Moss for eight, Moss for five, right there, and then he even got a couple of shorter gains, two and four on the next two uh, plays. He actually had all the play or all the production on that drive. Uh, Minshew checked it down to him. For a three-yard gain on third and four, and you punted basically from midfield, but that allowed you to at least flip field position. So then Houston was taken over at their own twelve with six minutes to go. Really long Houston drive at that point. Obviously that drive allowed you to do the um, kind of the uh, the really cool timeout situation. I thought it was a great game management tactic when Shane Steichen ran the offense back on the field. I don't know if it's as, if it is as effective as it was if it was fourth and one. Like, had it been fourth and six, I don't think you do it with that effectiveness. It costs Houston to burn a timeout, which I think if Fairbairn makes that field goal and cuts it to eight, that would have been really, really important. So, again, major hat tip to Zach Moss for what he was able uh, to do for you.
2: Yeah, very big in that aspect. And I texted you before the game. I was
1: like, does he get the full
2: workload? And you were like, I would assume so. I
1: I, I would assume, like, I think I told you I expect a big, big chunk. I, I thought you'd sprinkle someone else in there on some of the third downs. That right. is what stood out to me the the most. Um, I think
2: it just stood out to me from the aspect of he's been you know, off the shelf. He's been on the shelf for the last, what, six weeks-ish? Right. Five, six weeks. And then his first game action, he plays all but one snap.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, I, I could not be more impressed by just that number. I It felt like a lot watching the game. And I know Deion Jackson dominated the playing time in week one, so I don't know, maybe this is a new approach from DeAndre Smith, the new running backs coach, or how they handle running back playing time, but uh, Zach Moss, huge, huge. And then the last part of this, uh, we'll dive
2: into Gardner Minshew, and then we'll transition to Anthony Richardson, but (laughs) Minshew comes in, doesn't turn the ball over, and he leads you to a victory.
1: Yeah, I just thought a professional effort, and... You know, I think Shane Steichen can be thrown into this area as well. I think the offensive line, Eddie, deserves mention, blocking for two different style quarterbacks. No Mm -hmm. sacks, one hit allowed all afternoon. But, like, just Minshew doing his job. I mean, if I were Minshew, just as a competitor, and I get you need to live in reality, but as a competitor, Eddie, there's probably some of you that's like, God, do I have to answer one more Anthony Richardson question? You know, there's just, it's just a lot. And for him to go in there, 19 to 23, what I like about Minshew, because again, the big picture view from, for me this season is Richardson slash, who are the pieces coming with Richardson? Like who, who's on the Richardson train? Who is with him moving forward? Minshew allows you to evaluate. Yeah. He throws the ball on target. He gets the ball to to the playmakers. He allows them to make some plays. Again, it's limited. It's not like you're able to run your RPO and your zone read stuff. It's not like you're challenging people down the field vertically with him. So, yes, there are limitations to it. But he still gives you something at the quarterback spot. He came right in, and Eddie, they scored right away. I mean, there was little, not even little, there was no um, lack of execution right out of the gate. So um, job well done by Gardner Minshew with that effort, how he handled everything. Um, good work. Good work by him.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: Now I want to transition to Anthony Richardson because something we talked about last week um, on the pod after the first game of the season with him, you know, minimizing the amount of hits that he takes. He goes out the first drive, they have a rushing touchdown with him, come back on a short field because of the Samson Obacom sack with the Daiwa Dingball punch-out. First play, touchdown run for a second of the game, and as he goes into the end zone, he just gets blasted. I don't even know who the safety was on that play. Um, Comes out a couple series later, concussion. Overall, start with the assessment of Anthony Richardson's uh, performance on Sunday and that limited action that we saw.
1: Let's blame the slow Wi-Fi for this, but I wanted to get this in before we hit Richardson. Um, I looked up Zach Moss's history in the NFL and the percentage of snaps he played. Again, what is it, 98, 99 yesterday? In three years in Buffalo, Eddie, he had never had a game of higher than 37% of the offensive snaps. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't even close to even splitting reps in in Buffalo. And then you look at... um, let me let, let me make sure I get the I, I get the career last year. Sixty nine percent was the high with the Colts. So if you look at last season, um, and I'll try to get this for for his entire career. But last season, thirty seven percent was the high in a game in Buffalo. Sixty nine percent was the high here in Indy. So again, this is not like he's been used to this at any point, especially last season. I'll try to pull up his career as well. Um, okay, on on the Richardson front. Obviously, we all saw the play. Um, I've gone back and watched not only the play several times, but I've gone back and I've watched this couple of series after that because I wanted to kind of see, you know, were there any signs you could point to, to, oh man, something was a little off with him. Um, I guess let me start with the opening drive before I get to the actual play, Eddie. I mean, that was pretty flawless from him.
2: That was surgical by him and Steichen.
1: I mean, that was quicker than passing game. You know, they got some of the wideouts involved early. The wideouts didn't get involved at all really in the first half. Against Jacksonville, you know, a couple throws to to Pittman. That first touchdown run was one of the better blocked quarterback runs you're ever going to see. The second one is more of you just kind of catching them. Off guard, but that was blocked beautifully with so, some
2: manipulation, yeah, movement, I mean, yeah,
1: great disguise, misdirection, all those things that I know Shane Sykin has, you know, in, in his playbook, and it was um, obviously totally caught Houston off guard. Um, now let's go to the play, Eddie, and this is where I think I exit Sunday and think, man, there is just the the bittersweet nature to it all because. I know fans in the 24-hour period, or even when you're watching a game and then you're reacting to the game in the first 24 hours after it, it's hard to look big picture. And I get that. Like we just watched our team play a game. Like you don't want to all of a sudden immediately go to big picture. You want to react to a big third down stop. You want to cheer after a touchdown. You want to do all that. But I, and again, I'm I'm removed from the situation, so it's easier for me. I think to do that than listeners and or diehard fans. But, Eddie, the Colts winning football games this season with Gardner Minshew playing three quarters, to me that's not what you want to see. And I know that can be very like, Kevin, you're getting way too big picture here. Stop doing that. Like, Don't live in that world. But I am looking at it through the lens that, I ultimately feel like this season will eventually be looked at through. It might be hard to do it right now, yeah. But to me, it comes back to this: Richardson development. Are you in a position to add a monumental piece to your franchise come April when when the draft rolls around? And I'm not saying we are here at all yet, but let's just play out this scenario, Eddie. If you were to told me before the start of the year what is a worst case Colt season scenario, I would said something to the effect of. Anthony Richardson gets hurt, plays five, six games, and Gardner Minshew leads you to seven or eight wins. And now you're drafting 16 overall. You you don't make the playoffs, you barely saw Richardson, and you're in the middle of the pack of the draft. Like, that's worst-case scenario. So I do think you exit yesterday, and someone tweeted at me um, earlier this morning and said, like, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, Kevin, a lot of the air was let out of, like, my fandom When Richardson got hurt on (laughs) Sunday. And and I think that's kind of a good way to describe it of like you're just kind of bummed that yeah, it was a great win. It it, it was a two score victory, and there's a lot to celebrate. And and we just listed a lot of the reasons why. But you also just missed a opportunity to evaluate him in a road atmosphere in a game where it looked like it was gonna go really, really well Mm -hmm. for him based off that start. And now the question becomes does he play week three? Okay, well, what's sitting there in Week 3? I'd argue Sunday afternoon Baltimore, Eddie, is the best, most challenging game, the best test, most challenging test Anthony Richardson will face all season in a road game against Jacksonville. And what did Jacksonville do to C.J. Stroud Week 1? Sacked him five times. And they disguise like no other. So that's where I'm like, damn. Not only does this happen at all, but it happens when... You look to Sunday, and that those are the moments you want him to be in. You know, like those are the reps and the quality reps that you really, really want to see him. So, I think that's just kind of my big picture thought on it all. Now, the play itself and the hit, based on everything guys said in the locker room afterwards, it sounds like Richardson told them he did not see. Was it something Stewart was the was the uh, was the Houston safety on that play? He did not see Stewart um, until the last second. Yeah. And I think if you watch the replay, you certainly get that vibe, whether it's Richardson easing up a little bit before the end zone, whether it's him not fully bracing himself for the hit. I had no issue with the hit. It was it a little close to the helmet, I I guess, Um he launches it like the one-and-a-half-yard line. I mean, you see guys fumble on the goal line a lot. So I've got no issue with, with, with the hit itself. And obviously, when you watch Richardson, until I saw the replay, Eddie, and Fox did a nice job of really slowing down that that replay, until we saw the replay, I thought nothing of it. I mean, he celebrated normal. He goes to the sidelines. He talks to Minshew, and he's high-fiving guys. He's doing his normal. Celebration. He's talking to Minshew, Ellinger, Downs on the bench. There's nobody from the medical staff around him. But when you watch the slow-mo replay and the whiplash of him hitting his head on the back of the turf, another thing I said to Rosie, I was like, whoa, that was a big hit. I mean, that was like a – that whiplash. And I think when it happens on turf, you notice it more as yes. well. And so, again, I didn't like think too much of it, but I just jotted down like, man, he really banged his head on the turf there. And then if you watch him the next couple of drives, again, he's laughing on the sidelines. He's talking with those guys. Now, for what it's worth, Eddie, he plays two more series. He was one for four on those two series, and he didn't have a rushing attempt. Like, in a vacuum, that looks like he clearly was affected by something. Now, I went back and watched, obviously, those two series. The one of four, it includes the left-handed ball out of bounds. It includes the Kylan Granson. I'll call it a drop. I think that, again, kind of falls into our a little bit of gray area, but I will call it a drop. Um, and then, again, he didn't have any rushing attempts. So he did throw a ball on target to Downs at Downs' call, which is called back for Braden Smith's holding penalty. But, you know, about 15 to 20 minutes plays out. And clearly the independent, you know, spotter up in the booth didn't see anything that alerted the sideline crew. Richardson self-reported his symptoms. And then he goes in the blue tent and eventually goes into the locker room. Uh, I think it's worth pointing out he did suffer a concussion at Florida. This was in the 2021 season when he wasn't a full-time guy. So, you know, this is now two concussions in his football career since high school. Um, and I want to make sure, and this is a probably the staple and the biggest calling card for what I want this podcast and what I feel like it has always been about and will continue to be about. We will never ignore elephants in the room. Um, I've got to live in reality with this situation right now, Eddie, and that's this. Anthony Richardson has played five quarters in the NFL. He's carried the ball 13 times in those five quarters, and he's been hurt on three separate occasions on those 13 carries. All three hits are from him running. All three injuries have occurred outside of the pocket. And again, he's been hurt on what, 20 to 25% of his run plays a knee, an ankle, and a concussion. Um, I think we harped on it maybe a little bit more than some others did last week exiting the game. I know I wrote specifically about the Trevor Lawrence comments post game, and then I know we focused on it during the podcast. And I said it to Mike Chappell several times watching the game. Watching that Jacksonville game, I'm like, damn, NFL speed and NFL hits are different for Richardson. And watching him play so far this season, he is just a wonderful talent. There is no debating that. There is a lot to work with there, a lot to work with. But 255-pound quarterbacks are not invincible. In college and high school, you can be a pinball machine. Guys can just pop right off you, and you don't feel that. And the NFL, the speed... And the physicalness of the league is just different. Hits are harder, and I think he is feeling that. So the question that I obviously have exiting yesterday is this. I am not asking him to change his playing style or to not run, because you don't draft him for overall if you all of a sudden tell him he can't do that. But he's got to Alter some things, I think, in the open field. Yeah, and I know that we can nitpick and we can point to like that play specifically that he suffers that concussion on, and think, well, he didn't see the guy. Like, what is he supposed to do there? And like, how is he supposed to brace himself? And I know that you're not going to avoid everything, but you watch Josh Allen play. Josh Allen does a very poor job of avoiding hits or probably knowing game situations better. A second down scramble on a second and four in the first quarter of a scoreless game, you do not need to stay in bounds and get an extra two or three yards. Yeah, You've got to play the long haul with this. And You guys have heard me say often, the drafting of a young quarterback like this, what you're trying to create is this six or eight or ten year window. That's the goal. And I'm curious what Richardson is going to look like. I think I was, maybe Stephen Holden and I were watching practice last week. And, you know, it was that first practice of the week. And, it you know, it obviously looked like Richardson was not going to appear on the injury report. He practiced full, wasn't even on the injury report last week. But Stephen and I were just chatting at, at practice. And I'm like, man, I'm really curious, like, what Anthony Richardson will look like at 26 years old. What will his playing look like at 28? You know, Michael Vick looked a whole lot different later in his career than he did early. Now, Michael Vick obviously went through a whole lot, but you know what's Lamar Jackson going to look like as well? I mean, my, Lamar Jackson hasn't been able to finish. December football hasn't been there for him each of the last couple of seasons. So that's where I think you have to live in reality and have a real question about Anthony Richardson with this. And I would probably say it for any and all running quarterbacks – um, but can you just alter a little bit of that playing style? Of let's say Anthony Richardson is this like a hundred, you know, his games is a hundred percent. Right now, you'd call him, you know, probably a little bit more of a runner than a thrower in terms of where he really hurts you, where he's really comfortable. Can he? Can you flip that? Like Patrick Mahomes, he certainly runs and he certainly takes on some hits and he certainly makes plays in the open field. But there are not that many of them. And can he get there as a quarterback? That's like a question that I have for him with his game. Because I think to be that guy that has staying power in this league, deep into your 20s, even into your 30s, you're going to have to do that. Even if it's not as much as you are trying to avoid injury, at some point you're just naturally not going to be as blessed with the same athletic gifts in the open field at age 29 that you were at 21. Yeah. You know, pitchers don't always throw 99 when the velocity and the spin that you have on certain pitches when that starts to subside, how do you win differently? And I think that aspect with Richardson will be something that I'm watching for. Um Eddie, anything specific with the hit, the style Richardson related before we move on? I just want to say that was
2: impressive. You know how long you just went there? That's going to be one of your longer assessments in a while. I
1: thought you were going to say rant.
2: No, it wasn't a rant. <laughs> you weren't ranting. It was an assessment with opinion and fact and whatever in there you want to include.
1: I, I have more to add, but I needed a sip of water, so I was hoping that you could interject and
2: uh it. Well, it was provide uh, something on about it. Like 12 and a half minutes there.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I do have a couple more things. But
2: I do not have any more to add on that front. I think everything you said there was totally true, and um, I think through the first two weeks of the season, or well, one and a half in terms of Anthony Richardson. I think we've seen enough to know that he's getting better each and every time he drops back to pass as a passer, and I think he even looks more like an NFL passing quarterback than I think we anticipated, uh, especially when you consider how he looked at Florida and how things were looking for him in training camp and in preseason.
1: A couple other things Richardson-related, so I'm not fully done, so maybe extend that. Let's stopwatch a little bit longer.
2: Um, But I got to talk there, so (laughs) your 12 and a half (laughs) minutes is over. It's okay. It's your Uh, podcast, not mine.
1: Obviously, the concussion protocol is something that will be heavily watched this week. I've got an article up on 1075thefan.com detailing that protocol. I'm sure Eddie will link to that story in the YouTube description as well if you want to check that out. Um, But it's a five-step process. I expect very little update from Shane Steichen when he meets the media later today. Um, so this is going to be something that you just don't get clear answers really on anybody in concussion protocol. But I went back and looked, Eddie. Last year the Colts had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys in concussion protocol throughout the season. Um, two of the eight actually returned to play the very next week. So it is possible. And Drew Ogletree, I don't believe that was a he's out due to concussion. Like, he could have played yeah, on Sunday. So he's a guy that left. And, I, you know, obviously if you just – and I'm an idiot for even, like, saying this because all concussions are different. Certainly Richardson's symptoms developed, what, 20 minutes after his hit yeah. on the turf. Ogletree, we saw the concussion right away. I mean, it was clear. He was woozy. He was – you know, symptoms hit him right away. Richardson, they did not. Does that mean Richardson's concussion is less? I, I, I don't know. You know, maybe. But, you know, again, I'd be – an idiot to even you know, try and, and guess that with any sort of conviction. So you had two of the eight played, five missed just one game, and then Leonard missed three games. Now again, Leonard, you had the broken nose on top of it. So I bring that up to say guys can return within a week. Most likely, they miss a game. Obviously, we saw Ryan Kelly, who suffered a concussion yesterday, um, you go back to that twenty. I think it was a twenty seventeen season, Eddie. Yeah, I and Kelly missed like over a month. So, varying degrees. Um, I don't know if I'll have a change of heart of this at the end of the week, but I'm of this thinking: if he clears concussion protocol, I I would play him. Um, I want to probably talk to some more people about like if you sit him, does that lessen the opportunity to have a concussion? you know, on Sunday versus a week from Sunday. Like, I think that is something relevant to ask and and bring up. Um, I just think if he gets out there and returns on Sunday, maybe this is a little bit of the, I don't know, wake-up call sounds too harsh. But that return, does it allow him to say, all right, I need to alter some things. I need to be a little bit more cognizant in the open field of, I just don't need to brace myself for some of these hits. You know, Marvin Harrison in a little bit. Live to see another down. Particularly early on. Because when you look at this, you know, two of these injuries have occurred in the first quarter of games. So it's not like you need you had to have that play and that moment there. So um, those are some things that I am interested about uh, in regards to Richardson. So um, in summary him missing any sort of reps is a bummer. And that's where I kind of leave Sunday with, uh, it's a bummer. You might take him off the field for three quarters yesterday and then maybe four quarters next week. And that's Baltimore. And that's a great challenge. That's a great test. And that's ultimately what you want out of him this season. So I think in the here and now, that's where you are bittersweet exiting Sunday.
2: Now, leading up to the season, did you think Richardson would have played all 17 games this year knowing That he was going to be as utilized in the run game as we thought.
1: Yeah, Eddie, this might sound like a cop-out, but I'm going to say I didn't know. I mean, when I did my game prediction, my season prediction, and I went with seven wins, I I was under the assumption he would play every game.
2: Don't we all when we make those predictions? Yeah,
1: but, like, we saw him at Florida, Eddie, and what, he had a pretty healthy 2022 season? Mm Mm-hmm but then he suffered a concussion in 2021 when he wasn't the full-time starter and he had a i think he had a torn meniscus more off a of high school um injury that he needed surgery on uh, i think he had a hamstring injury he had three injuries at Florida but none of them were when he was like the full-time starter so that this is probably the one unknown when you draft a guy with such an experience of college you think you have an injury ID on on, on the guy but you don't really know and obviously you don't truly know on anybody. Right. Until they get to the NFL. But three years of a sample size is different than one year of a sample size. And some of these quarterbacks obviously are three year charters. Um so that was one that I just kind of was like I don't know. I knew full well Shane Steikin is gonna run the dude. I mean he he ran Jalen Hurts of lots at Philly and Eddie, this might be really stupid for me to say, but it's a thought that crept in my head this morning on our morning show, so I'll bring it up here. When Shane Steichen was calling plays in Philly, and there's a human element to this that I don't know how Shane Steichen thinks. I don't think he thinks this way, but I'm curious. When you are an offensive coordinator, there has to be a human element in you that says, if we're good, I'm getting a head coaching job. Like That's kind of the reality of offensive coordinators in the yeah. NFL. If you are successful, you're probably going to get a head coaching job. So did he look at Jalen Hurts, and again, this is not the way, I, I need to say this more politically correct than I'm about to say it, but did he almost look at him as like a hired gun? Of just like, I mean, anything at all costs to make sure that our offense is successful. And so if we need to run Hurts 15 times a game, let's run him. 15 times a game. Where does he look at Richardson now as the head coach? And does he sit here and say, I have this job. The only, I have the job, the head coach job now. Yes. The only way I keep this job is if that dude's available. Yeah. So does, I don't think that was on his mind entering the season at all. But now that he's lived it for five quarters and three different injuries, didn't finish either game, now that he's lived it, does that impact him at all? It's a thought. Yeah, it's a fair question, too. Might be a dumb thought, but it's a thought. And, Eddie, again, I want to emphasize to people, I am not saying Anthony Richardson should or will change and all of a sudden he doesn't become a runner or any of that. That'd be foolish. You're taking away one of his great assets. But how do you find balance? How do you find a little bit of altering? If he takes half a hit less per game, one hit less per game. That could be a huge difference in sustaining him for a season, sustaining him for a career, all of those things. So that's a, a a question of if a first and ten scramble for 13 becomes a first and ten scramble for ten and you win out of bounds, what is saving three yards and saving one hit, what does that do to you? Yeah. That's where I kind of want to see some of it. Like I watch Josh Allen play and I think what a wonderful talent and what an idiot at times in in keeping some plays alive. And it's magical to watch, and I'm in awe watching it, and I commend the dude, but I'm like, dude, that's going to add up. That's kind of where I'm at with Richardson. And I would say on the three injuries, Eddie, I wouldn't even say it's like he's broken a tackle and kept the play alive. The one I point to is probably the fourth down, which he extended – he broke a tackle in the Jacksonville game late in that game. It was what the play or the two plays before he actually got hurt on. Yes. That was the one play I'm like, dude, that's Superman and everybody in Lucas Oil Stadium should be clapping for you, but they also should be yelling like, "Just go down, man. We're good." Like I remember saying this last Monday on the, on the podcast. I don't need to see Anthony Richardson run. Right? I don't need to see him I know he's good. I know he's gifted in that area. And I know it's a part of his game. So I'm not going to be naive to say, again, remove it. But I'm saying be available. Put yourself in great situations. Unscripted stuff against Baltimore this Sunday. Throw the football 40 times a game. That's the stuff that, again, I know you're not going to see all of it, but that's what I want to see as you try to evaluate him and he tries to develop.
2: Yeah. I agree with you there. You have anything else or you want to get away you didn't like? I'm out of breath. Sips water.
1: I need one of those towels. I feel like I need a corner man right now to drape one of those towels on me.
2: You need, uh, you need some H2O over there? Or you I, need some O2, I should say?
1: I am good to go. All right? All right. So,
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
2: What you didn't like. The secondary. Gave up. uh, 337 yards when you take away uh, the sack yardage but in total Stroud's final line 30 of 47 384 two passing touchdowns and Nico Collins seven receptions 146 yards and a touchdown
1: can we boil it all down to Darryl Baker Jr. we can is that too harsh? I, I just thought, in general, Eddie, the right side, the top of the screen for those watching, the coverage wasn't sticky enough, and I think you could kind of point to a couple things. One, and I thought you know Baker had some missed tackles too that were big and creating some yards after catch. I just didn't feel like you were in sync communication wise when you did go zone on that side. I thought the throwing lanes were just and, and the windows to throw were too too big. So. um I'm going to point to that as a thing that I didn't like. I know we get a lot of Juju Brents questions. I am not surprised that Juju Brents has yet to push for playing time. He has not been available enough for that. Now, we're starting to get to the point, Eddie, where I think his availability plus Baker's kind of lack of entrenching himself now calls for the do you reassess there. Um, and Jalen Jones is the name that I'd go to before I go to Juju Brents. And I get that, you know, from a local angle, Brince is the one that gets more of the attention. He's also the second-round pick, whereas Jalen Jones is the seventh-rounder. But um, it's a question that I'll toss to Gus Bradley tomorrow and, you know, kind of see where Juju's at and, you know, h- how you view it because it's a critical position. We know Flowers and Kenny Moore are playing every snap, and rightfully so. But, I mean, you, people are going to test you. You know, there's a reason why the Colts probably didn't throw it on the left side of the field in Week One against Jacksonville because they don't want to test Tyson Campbell. Yeah. Well, in reverse, they're going to test. Remember when we got to that moment with Rocky's scene where, like, for five straight games, people just peppered him. Yeah. That he was a penalty waiting to happen. Like teams are going to do that, and Baltimore's got enough wideouts that they'll they'll certainly test with some veteran guys. Or
2: although like, Odell did get hurt. In their game yesterday.
1: But they still, I mean, they still got Zay Flowers and they still got Aguilar. We know what Mark Andrews did against this team a couple years ago. We'll see if Rashad Bateman kind of ever lives up to it. So um, that'll obviously be something to keep an eye on. But honestly, it's really the only negative that I had, Eddie. You know, if you want to nitpick, I don't know, second half scoring. Um, I know you didn't get a ton of opportunities with that. Um, But. I will go with the secondary and Daryl Baker Jr. as what I did not like.
2: Yeah, I thought when I saw Kenny Moore lined up outside covering Nico Collins, I'm like, okay, we got a problem here.
1: Was that in base or was that in in, in nickel? Because in base, Baker is off the field, and, and Kenny and Flowers are playing every snap. Then it must have been base. So that I think that's something again. When you do, you play more base? Do you get more EJ speed on the field? Um, you know, Shaq Leonard I thought had a quieter. Day and his snap count, you know, kind of went down a little bit from week one. The defense is out there for a, a lot of snaps, 84 of them. So, um, any particular reason why they're taking him off the field on third downs? So, the answer to that has been they have an X number of consecutive plays that they don't want him to play. So, basically, I don't know what that number is. Let's just say it's seven or eight straight snaps. If that then sub subsequent you know snap happens on they're down they're going to take him off the field it, it does seem like to me they've taken him off on the on third down a little bit more and i don't know maybe they want speed and franklin out there more and i maybe they're not telling us the full story on that but that's at least their their public answer
2: also know. uh hats off Once again, clap for um, Zaire Franklin. Thirteen tackles again.
1: Thirteen. And then who else had it? Was it Blackman that had the big number? Yeah, he had ten. Yeah, I thought Blackman had a big number. He had a big uh, pass deflection, too, early in that game. So, uh, yeah. Anything else, or should we get to Twitter questions?
2: Let's get to Twitter questions. Julian is up first. Kevin, is it possible to clear concussion protocol in one week?
1: It is. Yes, it is. Um, Like I mentioned earlier... Two of eight. So what does that make, Eddie? 25% based off my math last year.
2: Yeah, that's one of four, right?
1: I would venture to guess that's on the high end. I'd say if I had to guess NFL stats on it, I would guess 15%-ish. Clear concussion protocol in time to play in that in that next week's game. Um, but yeah, the Colts had two of their eight. And again, Leonard missed three. You know, Ogletree was one of them that I would fall into that small Small percentage. So, yes, it is certainly doable, just not very abundant.
2: Daniel says, I thought the play where Richardson got the concussion could have been a flag or a fine on the defender. On the replay, it looked like helmet-to-helmet, plus the ball had crossed the goal line already from what I could tell, so it Mm. seemed late and unnecessary. Any word from the coaching staff or league on that?
1: Yeah, I— I guess to answer the last part, I've not heard anything coaching or league wide. I mean, I went back and watched it. I think the Stewart kid kinda launches at about the one and a half. That's
2: a that's definitely a targeting penalty in college.
1: Yeah. I I mean, does he hit him like shoulder pad and then it grazes the helmet? I I don't know. I mean, NFL rules are different. I mean that's yeah. that's something you gotta be very, very clear about. Um than college when it, when it comes to that stuff there so I didn't have too much of an issue I thought honestly it was more of the whiplash from you know yeah hitting his head it less to do with that initial hit you know ogletree it was the direct hit on the helmet in week one Richardson it was more of the just the violence of and obviously the hit the hit startled or stunned him to some level to where he did have that that moment once he was taken to the ground there so um i I probably am one that sides a little bit more with the defense of like at some point just let them play the position so maybe i'm being a little biased here but i did not have a i did not view that as a penalized play no i did not
2: wake wake spike would like to know if you think it would be prudent to keep anthony richardson out of the baltimore game to give him more time to heal and accentuate the importance of keeping himself safe.
1: Yeah, this is probably more of a neurological question than anything, but I think a legitimate question that I have, Eddie, for this week is, does sitting a guy, and this is probably more of a Tua-related question, does sitting a guy a week after a concussion, what does seven days post-concussion mean to 14 days in terms of re-injury? Are you more likely to re-injure, to have another brain injury, another concussion, seven days after you just had one, as opposed to 14 days. Right. That that would be a question that I would have. If that answer is no, then I would play him for two reasons. One, again, I think Baltimore is a great test, like arguably the best test he's going to have all year. Yes. From a what you're going to see. And then two, I think the earlier you play him, the more likely you're probably going to have him be a little bit different in his playing style. Again, I don't think of much, and I'm going to ask him to be much, much different, but I think that is something that you would mention as well. and um, So that's where I side with it. Now, again, Eddie, I think I'm probably in the minority to that. Um, it seems like there are a lot of fans that have already chalked this up to, oh, you definitely sit him, and, and and I can certainly listen to that, but I'll be honest, my, in, my information needs to be better in that realm before I give you a... Um, an honest answer or I should say an answer with more more conviction
2: Shane Steichen coached his ass off according to Flippin. second what are your expectations for this team after two games still the same or are they different
1: yeah I thought Shane was really really good I mean Eddie I think it's pretty darn hard to lose a quarterback like that and then have that immediate offensive success right after that guy goes out and sure, Houston might have been a little bit stunned by it, but for your offense really not to miss a beat right after Richardson went out um, was something that I thought really stood out. I mean, hell, would you score 28 points in the first half? Something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I said seven wins at the start of the year, flipping. I mean, I, I had the over. I was, I think, strictly based off my colleagues, I was much more optimistic than most there. Um, I am not one that tries to overreact too much to September football. And I think back to last year, Eddie, there were long points where I was like, yeah, I'm not – I mean, I guess I could change my, my win-loss sort of total, but I, I don't know. I feel kind of like <laughs> – it just feels kind of like shady me doing it. I'm going to stick with what what I thought. Um, obviously, the quarterback situation and a long-term injury there would, it would impact things. I'd say probably the quality of the play, Eddie, has looked a little bit better, but – I mean, I thought seven point loss in week one and I thought 10 point win in week two. I mean, so those have been pretty much what's happened. Again, I think the quality of week one was a little better. I think the quality of week two was a little, even a little bit more dominant yeah. than I thought it would be. But I also am not going to sit here and act like I mean, you imagine the Colts playing without four offensive linemen in a game? It's a borderline miracle. Houston scored 20 points. Yeah. I mean, four offensive linemen, that never happens. especially in week two, especially for a rookie quarterback who also was hurt. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, he was he didn't practice, and I think that was a lot iffier than Houston made I think I was a little fudging of the injury report. I think he was I think he probably should have been on that injury report earlier in the week, but that's just my two cents on it.
2: I just checked my Twitter DM, got this from Joey. He says he doesn't have much negative to take away from this game for any individual players, aside from one player, that being Daryl Baker Jr. Nico Collins simply beat him like a drum for 60 minutes. Seriously, he was awful, and it it also seemed like he showed a real lack of effort closing out and tackling after allowing some completions. I know some of the early lumps for the cornerback group was to be expected, and we don't know the full story on Juju Brent's has been a healthy scratch through the first two weeks, but I can't help but wonder if it's going to be tough sledding for that group moving forward, regardless. Why not give the reps to a player that you made a sizable investment in, like Juju? What do you say? Thanks, guys.
1: You know, again, Juju, I, I think I've explained that, and I appreciate Joey for all that detail there. I did think DJ looked like an undrafted guy at times with the inability to maybe either create the makeup speed or. That missed tackling was disappointing to see. And I'm also reminded yesterday was DJ e. Baker's second ever game in the NFL. Yep. So, you know, and this is part of the reason why I like I, and we'll see, maybe they'll they'll bring Darius Fresh back because I know Kansas City caught him to make room for Chris Jones coming back. But this is why like I you don't bail on those young corners early because it's not like any of these guys have proved it's not like DJ Baker's proven himself. Right. Or he even Dallas Flowers. I mean, Flowers, I think, you know, is starting to show more and more and he's stacking games on top of each other, but, you know, it's not like you have a, a second- and third-round pick out there. I mean, you have all undrafted guys um, with that starting corner trio. So, um, I mean, when I watched Juju – now, it wasn't very often, but even when I watched him in camp, you know, what? he maybe practiced a handful of days. It's not like I walked out of practice and thought, oh, yeah, that dude should be playing over DJ Baker. You know, so, I, again, it's a handful of days – but, and now we don't get to watch the amount of practice that we got to watch during training camp. Um, but yeah, again, it's a question that I will throw to Gus Br- Bradley and, you know, see where they go. I mean, last year we saw it. I mean, Brandon Faison was not somebody that was taken off the field very often, even when some struggles did occur there, even though people thought Isaiah Rogers should be on the field. The fact that Juju Brunson is a Gus Bradley draft pick and Isaiah Rogers wasn't, maybe that will change some things, uh, but It's a storyline to watch. Conroy says, great
2: win. Really happy to see us get into the win Mm -hmm. column. My question is, did Anthony Richardson get spotted by the medical staff on the head slam? Or did he say something about not feeling right a little bit later? Second question, is this a turf issue? I feel like we see this happening more on turf grounds over grass. Just more fuel to that fire by the players hating turf. Hyped about the W, boys. Keep killing it.
1: Conroy, thank you for that. Uh, yes, Richardson self-reported those symptoms. I think we've kind of touched on that. Um, turf ain't helping. Certainly not
2: because what it's concrete underneath that, right?
1: I mean, I'm still waiting for the. <laughs> I'm waiting for one player in the NFL to say that they prefer turf over grass. <laughs> like, I like.
2: Well, Micah Parsons said that. Did he say it? Yeah, he said that le- like late last week. He, he said he, he plays
1: faster on turf. He LA? said,
2: "Well, he said I don't mind playing on the turf. I'll play on concrete."
1: Well, yeah, that's just a meathead football comment. And then it,
2: Dak Prescott goes. He's young. He'll learn.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really want to nor care to get into it. We're gonna react to football as we are in season. But
2: also, when did Tennessee go to turf?
1: The Titan Stadium turf. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah. I've always viewed that as a grass field. Uh, the NFL clearly has to do something here. Yeah. I mean, this is. Obvious, And I know CBA and I guess Jim Mercer could say, well, point to the CBA. But, um, yeah, it makes a little sense to me when you consider the injury numbers, when you consider how the English Premier League and most soccer leagues, you know, have their grass fields. And, uh, yeah, this is something that... And Lucas Oil has been really a a very popular topic. I mean, Jameson Williams tearing his ACL in the national title game there a couple years ago. Um, I mean... There's a lot of people that are not very happy about about that. Was that in the
2: title game? I thought that was in the conference championship game.
1: Uh, was Jameson Williams? Somebody tore their ace. I think it was him. Tore his ACL, Alabama, Georgia at, at at Lucas Oil.
2: For some reason, I thought that was in there.
1: Could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's him. Maybe it was a waddle. No, no, Mechie. Maybe it was Mechie. I don't know.
2: One of them. One of those Bama receivers. <laughs> one yeah, one of those
1: very good Bama receivers it was a big catch early in the game and i'm pretty sure that's a that's an app. Okay. And I was there. I probably should remember the name. Yeah.
2: Tyler, we've got 3 left. Sitting here second quarter, Coulter up 28 to 10, watching Gardner Minshew and being thankful for a very capable backup but feeling demoralized with Anthony Richardson being hurt on his second NFL game. One of my biggest concerns drafting him were all the comparisons to Cam Newton, knowing how reckless he played at times. We all want a quarterback that will last in the NFL. How can Richardson fix his mentality on the game? Best ability is availability. He's got to play smarter. It's harder to swallow since this is only week 2 and he's yet to finish a game and could possibly be out next week. Thanks Eddie and KB. Have a great week.
1: Yeah, thank you Tyler for for this and you know obviously it's a good amount that we've kind of recapped but it's the playing time, it's a playing style debate, and it just comes back to the, like, guys are built different in this league. And I know he played in the SEC, and the SEC is obviously the premier conference in college football, but it's the wear and tear of, you know, you. when was Andrew Luck's first big injury, Eddie? That's a good question. Year four of his NFL career.
2: I was going to guess three. I couldn't remember which exact year it was. Yeah,
1: 2015 season, Jarrell Casey, week three. Hits him in the pocket in Tennessee. He misses the next two games, and that started the shoulder issues. So, you know, year four for luck, Eddie, we're five quarters into this kid's career. Yep. And it's been three separate. Now, we're not talking torn Achilles. We're not talking torn ACL. We're not talking about a shoulder injury. Yeah, a, a throwing shoulder. Guys play after a concussion and play a long time in the NFL after that. But to me, it's more of the small sample size. How much does that add up when it turns into larger sample sizes? That's, I mean, that's it. You know, as Ursay said last night, and I've got some more Jim Ursay quotes in a story up on our website that explain a little bit more about Richardson, and even Ursay said self-protection is going to be a key for him. You've got a different day and age quarterback in Richardson. You know, Manning played for how long? And obviously injuries happen, but you know, very late in his in his career. Brady played for how long? Rivers played for how long? Matt Ryan played for how long? You know, you can point to all these guys that didn't do things out of the pocket. Who can you point to that made plays outside of the pocket that played deep into their 30s? Or yeah. even the middle of their 30s. Again, Michael Vick was a, I, I, I feel like I should look it up, but Michael Vick was a much different player as his career moved along. So I think these are all questions that you just have to continue to ask yourself with with Richardson. And that's why there, there's probably some out there, I don't know if there's an overwhelming amount, there might be some out there that say, I'd rather have C.J. Stroud than Anthony Richardson if you're, pure, if you're going to factor in the 85% prob- probability C.J. Stroud gives you a dozen years thanks to his playing style, whereas it's a 55%, st- 55% chance Richardson gives you a dozen years based off his playing style. In a one-game vacuum, you might take Richardson over Stroud. Yeah. But if you're talking about, I'm going to get two to three more that player might be a B-plus player, but I'm getting three to four more extra years out of him, whereas that player might be an A-minus player, but I'm getting three to four years less. Three to four years more for the B-plus, three to four years less for the A-minus, if, if any of that makes sense.
2: Yeah, that made sense. And a nice lead into our next question from Brian, by the way. Will Anthony Richardson finish a game this year? In all seriousness, C.J. Stroud is going to be really good. He is light years ahead of Richardson. No more designed runs for A.R. Please. The kid needs to learn how to pass accurately.
1: You know, on that last point, Eddie, I mean, how would he not walk away from the first two games? And I think based off what we saw in the preseason, what we saw at Florida, not be pleased with his accuracy.
2: I think the only thing that we have to, we haven't seen yet is his the vertical. Up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't see Pushing it. it down the field. We didn't see any of it, even in the, what he what played, four series and all. I think it was going, Sunday. I think
2: that was going to eventually come, though. Especially after,
1: with two safeties out for them.
2: Yeah. And with how they handled that first drive, just quick, everything out of his hands quickly, out of his hands fast. Um, to me, it opens up like a double move later in the game. So I think we would have seen something eventually.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I I like Stroud, I guess, if we want to get into the Stroud-Richardson stuff. But uh, I, Richardson has shown me a lot here early on. Um, but, yeah, 64% week one was the 6 of 10 yesterday. I mean, again, small sample size, but those are numbers you had to be pleased, why, pleased with out of uh, just purely a completion cl- completion percentage standpoint. Last
2: Twitter question comes from Scotty. One, are you worried about AR's
1: longevity as I am? Yeah yeah. I, I And I would have said this to you Probably a little bit just like last week Of And I remember when, when he was drafted Saying this uh, Something to the effect of At some point I go back to the old Chris Ballard Comment about quarterbacks And this is to do with running style quarterbacks At some point you have to deliver from the pocket Ballard says that And yep. I think that's a really good point He said that at the combine Did he not? That sounds like something, yeah, he would have said there, at the, um, at at the combine. I'm looking up Vicks career right now to look at like rushing versus running. So again, at 24 years old, he runs for 900 yards in a season. At 26, he runs for a thousand in a season. Now, obviously, he's away from football for a couple of years because of the dog fighting stuff. He returns at 29 years old. At 30 he runs for 600 yards and then this is how the rest of his career played out 589, 332, 306. I mean he's still playing double digit games in many of these seasons yeah so when you get deeper into your career, how often do you run? and there were obviously moments early in his career where he suffered some some injuries and so all of that played into it and I now that I'm looking closer at this Vic career, I almost think there was like a misconception how much he did run. I mean, he, he certainly ran, but I would argue Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields have been more runners in their careers so far than than Vic has.
2: Totally agree. Scotty's second question. Does the defense andor Gus Bradley know it has to play all four quarters?
1: Yeah, I yeah. I mean, <laughs> I do think the coverage was less sticky. Yeah. Um, I think we're nitpicking a tad there. I mean, I I know what happened with Jacksonville. I'm going to blame the offense for putting the defense in too many poor situations there. And I know that this topic in general is a topic that we have had before, but it's really hard to be perfect in the NFL. And I think your Colts defense—I'd put most of that on DJ Baker. I mean, was your pass rush, did they have a couple of quiet series? Yes. But— Overall, I'm going to – a game in which you have 10 hits and six sacks, you know, pretty good there.
2: Scotty's final question is, does Shane Sykin play chess because that was a Bobby Fisher move?
1: <laughs> I think he was representing running the offense back out on the field would be my guess there, yep. which led to the timeout. Yeah, I, I tweet out at the time. That was genius. That was a beautiful, beautiful move. And it's that sort of stuff that, like – I know all of a sudden it didn't happen in the in the moment of mattering, but Eddie, that can matter. Like, okay, Fairbairn makes the field goal, eight point game, eleven. It was eleven at the time. Yep. Let's say he makes the field goal to oh, cut it okay. to eight there, and you would have had two forty one on the clock, and Houston would have had one timeout and one two minute warning. That's it, and they would have needed eight points still. Like the fact that you took a time out of what you just say, forty seconds can be the difference. I mean, talked to New England last night. Talked to you know all these one. How many games did we had two overtime games in week two? Yes, two overtime games. We had craziness with Denver and Washington. I mean, the league's unbelievable. The league is unbelievable. Eddie Garrison, you got anything else?
2: Nope. Back Wednesday,
1: Wednesday afternoon. Hopefully, more on the Richardson situation at that point. Uh, eight point spread. You think that's a lot to do with the health of the quarterback or lack thereof? I
2: haven't even looked that far out you degenerate.
1: Eight point spread.
2: I'm trying to figure out how to bet tonight's game. Still,
1: I am going with both home teams because I don't trust any of the four teams playing, and you can get some decent return. I've got one of those like profit boosts, so I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna parlay both home teams. Got it. He's at so Garrison. I'm Kevin others. Bowen.
2: I'll take the other two then.
1: Thank you for singing me Happy Birthday, man.
2: Uh, Yeah, no problem. Happy birthday again.
1: I appreciate that. Uh, We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.